On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. Because I don't feel like you're going to be as supportive as you could be. Absolutely not. <laughs> I am going to be the opposite of supportive. You, you want therapy? I am not it, sir. This is Talkin' Audio. We're not here to take part. We're here to take over. Nice to be back in the garden, man. Woo! Hello and welcome to Tall Can Audio. I am Michaela. He is Matt. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio, Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. Matt, how you doing today? It's all right. It's a mouthful. Uh, I'm doing okay over here. Things are uh, not bad. We're pushing up against 30 degrees today in the nation's capital. So, you know, naturally just about time to start some hockey playoff series here in the next day or two. Uh, things are good. How about you? Not too bad. I got to say I'm, I'm in full playoff mode. The sun is shining. The weather is nice. I'm wearing shorts. I'm watching playoff. Feels hockey. like hockey, right? <laughs> it does. This honestly, this is, this is what I equate with playoff hockey. When okay. the weather starts to get nice, you mm-hmm. start having some outdoor pints yeah. and, and playoff hockey is on. Of course, not if you're a Canadian team, No, mind you yet. No. Uh, but we've got to enjoy it. It's very fitting. We've gotten to enjoy a lot of Florida hockey. Sure. And why not enjoy some Florida some weather? Vegas hockey. Vegas <laughs> hockey. Yes. Why not? Let's let's get some Florida weather and Vegas weather up in here. I I can do it. Deal with it. Well, I saw and of course a great tweet that was just like you know in terms of the weather change. Like it's been really refreshing to be able to change out of my sweatpants into sweat shorts. Right? Yep. <laughs> That's the world we still live in. At the end of the day. Yeah, I'm I'm not complaining at all about not needing to wear professional attire right now because this is around the time of year where I start to seriously question what I'm doing with my life sure. when I have to wear pants right. and like longer sleeve shirts. I'm, I'm I, I wear dresses sometimes to work, but right. not all the time. Okay, so like my go-to outfit is usually black pants and a dark shirt. Yep doesn't translate well <laughs> to this weather. So I'm very happy to be working at home and able to wear my shorts and a t-shirt sure. all day. Yeah. Can't perfect. Complain. Well, and I, I guess with, it's, I guess it's not perfect, but, yes. but it is, it's, it's better than, uh, you know, in terms of comfort, maybe it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's a silver lining yes, in this. You otherwise, Thank you, you for know, bailing me out of the fire there. Appreciate that. <laughs> Speaking of uh, nice weather, nice weather often comes with outdoor beers. Matt, mm-hmm. what are you drinking today? Uh, this is a couple in a row now that, uh, yeah, you're right. Are kind of more summery, more spring-like. This is from the Black Oak Brewing Company, which is, uh, out of the West End of Toronto, actually out of Etobicoke, uh, not far actually from the, uh, great Toronto Maple Leafs practice facility. This is, uh, the, and 
I've opened myself up here in a bad way. I'm just going to hope we keep cruising. This is the 10 Bitter Years uh, Imperial IPA. Speaking of being a Leaf fan, uh, it's been at least 10 Bitter Years uh, from the Black Oak Brewing Company. This is an 8% IPA. They say in the description that this is the first double IPA in Ontario. Now, I have no way of verifying that, but uh, it was a seasonal thing. It was entered in a... You know, a tasting, whatever they call those, like a, where where they judge the best uh, beers of the year and stuff like that. And um, I guess it won, and it was so popular that they uh, turned it into something that is now available year-round. Uh, so, yeah, this is going to be the 10 Bitter Years Imperial IPA from the Black Oak Brewing Company. Really hope it's not some sort of foreshadowing about COVID. Mm. Oh, That's where my mind went. There. Yeah, damn. Well, oh, case, in case our downer. listeners wanted to feel real down, yeah, <laughs> you are welcome. Uh, <laughs> what do you got? I used going to on? live. Oh, I used sorry. to live in that area. I used Did to live you? around the corner from the uh, the Mastercard Center. Yep, which is what it was called at the time. I think it's still called that. Uh, no, just the recently they have switched big giant financial backers. It is now the Ford Performance Center after yeah uh, years of being the Mastercard Center. There you go. There you go. So yeah, I guess I, I don't know how long that brewery's been around, but I guess I would have been around the corner from from yeah. that brewery as well. I'm not sure how long it's been. I know at least three or four years ago, uh, this would be right on the verge of, you know, I'm starting to really try a lot more craft beer stuff. I got off the train one day down in Oshawa, took the Via here from Ottawa, um, and my cousin picked me up and he asked if I was hungry and we went into this place called Buster Rhinos in downtown Oshawa. Downtown Oshawa is just gorgeous, of course. Oh, the there. <laughs> Yes, it's just a beautiful part of town. Uh, but we went into this place called Buster Rhinos. When you walk in, he's telling me all the way through, like, the food is amazing. You're going to love this place. And I was like, all right. And as we walk in, it looks like somebody's basement. It's cement floor and there's, like, kind of a wooden bar off in the corner that, again, looks like it came out of somebody's basement. And just a couple, like, kitchen tables and chairs around. There was nothing at all fancy about this place. And I remember ordering a flight, um, of like seven different craft beers you could try. And then, uh, some pulled pork or something. I can't remember this barbecue place. The food was incredible. And most of the beers were good. I don't remember them all except for, uh, from this, from the black Oak brewing company, they had something called their nut Brown ale. And I absolutely loved that beer. And for at least a year or two, like when I couldn't decide what to get because they were just kind of falling into the LCBOs and uh, starting to pop up. I would go with that beer and I absolutely loved it. And still to this day, you know, when I see it around and it is in some of the uh, grocery stores up here now, I'll still pick it up. But um, that was sort of my first exposure to the Black Oak Brewing Company. And so this, like I said, uh, I do think that Nut Brown Ale is the only thing from there I've ever tried until this one. So we'll see how that's going to go. What do you got going on? I am going with a bleep bloop. IPA from Calabogi today. Bleep, 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 bleep. It's very fitting. It's got a picture of a robot on the outside <laughs> of it with like uh, sound waves coming out of the robot. Okay. So it's kind of fitting, you yeah, know, I podcast, like that. Yep. sound. No, that works. There's I like a connection that a there. I was initially, um, I spent all day thinking I was going with a different beer because I thought for some reason I still had this one beer left in my fridge. I don't know if you've tried the, it's called Lil Guy from Beyond the Pale. Okay. No, I haven't. So it's an it's a Northeast IPA, I think, or a NEPA. Yep. Um, but 
it it's it specializes in being a low percentage beer so it's like 3.6% but you get punched in the face with hops <laughs> and flavor and like it's an incredibly powerful beer for being only 3.6% and i thought oh that's perfect i'm going to have one of those tonight mm-hmm. And I go and open the beer fridge, and we haven't made a beer order in a while. We're kind of making our way scarce. through. Yeah. yeah. We're making our way through all the, the stragglers, yep. like the ones yep. left over, um, which has been real fun. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't have any little guy left. And so instead I grabbed – instead of a 3.6, I've got a 6% uh, beer today. So wow. not exactly what I thought I was going with. But no. the Bleep Loop is is a great beer. Calabogie is a great brewery. It's hard to go wrong there. So – uh, apologies to my friends at uh, Beyond the Pale. I'm not able to drink your beer today because I apparently already drank it and forgot about it. So here well, we are. <laughs> I'll tell you, and the first thing that comes to mind for me, and uh, this may just drop right on deaf ears here, and that's fine. You're probably too young to remember. The, um, I'm just like, going to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> the mid-90s Madden games for like Super Nintendo. And as you were going through the playbook, you would like, you'd go to a different screen, like here's your passing plays, here's your running plays, here's your special teams plays, whatever. So it would kind of go bloom, 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 bleep, as you'd click on your, <laughs> so that is what I am picturing this whole, and then of course you get in and the game just, right, as you're going through it, the sound effects are terrible, but bleep, bloop, bloop, bleep, I know it's supposed to be robot associated, but it, to me it will always be the sound effects of the, uh, the Madden 94 playbook. You should call Calabogie and have them change their artwork. That would be awesome. Put a football player on there instead. I should really just let them do what they want with their beer, buy a bunch, and go back <laughs> find some Madden 94 to play is really what I should do. There you go. I can't, I can't say I ever played the, the Madden 94 or okay. any Madden game in the 90s. My, my husband's really into Madden. I'm I'm not a gamer. Okay. Um, I've, I briefly have played... Uh, NBA 2K21, whatever mm-hmm. it is, yep. um, this year because Josh got it and it has a WNBA feature. Right. Okay. So I was I like, hell was yeah. yeah. I'll be Subert. Yep. I can do that. Sure. Um, I'm not good. Uh, <laughs> but thankfully, Subert is, so it kind of makes up for it. But right. I have, I just, I because I didn't grow up playing video games, I'm, if you ever play like a first person shooter game with me, I'm the guy running around in the corner, <laughs> just not able to figure out what the hell she's doing. Right. Um, it, I, I'm so bad. I don't have the fluidity of like <laughs> buttons. The dexterity. I button smash. And, dexterity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like there's nothing fluid about the way I play video games. It's button smash or nothing. So when so, I, yeah, when I was a kid, we had uh golden eye was the big one on the N64 mm. played it all the time. Uh, always had all the NHL games, you know, for, on Sega Genesis and then moving through N64 and, PS2 and whatever as got right up honestly until like I think 2014 was the last one I bought and at that point I was really only buying sports games and mainly just the new hockey game each year I'd almost fallen out of the Madden ones um and you know I, I you know occasionally I'd get other stuff on on some of the other systems but at that point I had a PS3 and they were moving to PS4 and I know even that's out of date now the PS5 is out but I was like, are you really able to justify to yourself buying a PS4 for one game, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know you're not going to keep... I'd fallen out of the shooters. I'd sort of lost interest in most other stuff. It was just buying it mainly to play online with my friends. And I was just like, I, it was going to be like 500 bucks and then the game just to buy hockey every year. And I was just like, 
your time may be up with this. Now, I have from time to time since then, I do still hook up the old N64 and I'll play a little Ken Griffey Baseball 99 or some Mario Kart or some old wrestling games. But um, I haven't even done that in the last year or so because the last TV I got no longer. Remember you had the those red, white, and yellow oh, RCA yeah. holes? The TVs don't come with that anymore. So No. <laughs> so I couldn't even hook up my N64. I think there's like an adapter you can buy so that yeah. you can still do it. But I was just like, let it go, man. <laughs> it's probably time to let go. <laughs> I don't know. Talk to my husband who made the extravagant purchase of a PS5 nice. right before Christmas. Yes. Um, I'm going to spend so much time in your bar when this is over. Honestly, you know? <laughs> our basement has become one of the sickest places that no one can come to because of this stupid pandemic. Yeah. But yeah, he, it was it was kind of that that kind of purchase, right? Like we couldn't go anywhere, couldn't travel, that makes couldn't sense to me. leave the house, go on trips. So why not spend that, that money on, yes. on something to kind of entertain yourself? Keep yourself um, sane. I do get that. Yeah. That makes sense to me but it like i it's a stupid story that listeners probably don't care to hear but <laughs> i i had tried so hard to get him a, a ps5 for christmas that was my goal i oh, was going luck. to get him yeah oh yeah i sat on lord only knows how many walmart website uh situations best buy yep. releases yep. whatever always got kicked out always like it just couldn't get it finally i gave up one day i said screw like if you have an opportunity to get this please buy it for yourself because it is evidently not in the cards for me and he ended up doing that because he got lucky and found it at a store just like in person oh there it is remember when you do that remember you could walk into places that was cool yeah yeah, no and and that happens a lot i can remember i think i think um it might have been my cousin's wife i can't remember and this would be years ago now. It might have been even when PS3 was coming out. And she worked at Shoppers Drug Mart. And he had come home a couple times. Like on his way home, he would just stop at Best Buy or whatever. No, don't have it. Stop at EB Games. No, don't have it. Whatever. And he just was frustrated one night and told her. And she's like, oh, no, we have them at Shoppers. So if you want, I'll just get it tomorrow. And yeah. Like, at Shoppers Drug Mart, apparently. This is. Uh, of all places. Yep. And she's like, no, we have a bunch of them. Probably because no one would think to go and look for them there. That's a very good point. Yeah, there, no one's banging down the doors of shoppers right. to get a PS5. That makes sense. So All right. she walked in the next morning, bought one, and that was the end of the uh, end of the search, if I recall correctly. So You heard it here first, folks. Sure. You heard it here Check first. Check it, shoppers. Always I, look to shoppers. At, at the time you brought this up, I, I just saw today, actually, as I was scrolling through my Twitter, um... There was some talk that the the new NHL game, you know, they're designing the the teams for it and stuff like that and what it's going to look like this year. And, you know, there was, I guess, some sort of dispute about whether they were going to be able to get some of the European leagues back under or whatever. And it started to bubble up very quickly. Um, there was one of the staff who works for the uh, NWHL. It's like, uh, I can get you the rights right now to our teams and uh-huh. our players. Like, cost you nothing. Like, just get us in the game. Like, let's go. And it all of a sudden it had like thousands of likes and replies like, yeah, do it, do it. So we'll see come this fall. I don't know how quickly you can turn those things around. Maybe it was already on their mind. I, I don't know, but uh, be something to keep an eye out for this fall. Maybe the NWHL will be uh, in the new NHL game. Knowing the way the NHL uh, likes to handle <laughs> women's hockey, I'm not going to hold my breath for that, especially based on the incredibly pointless um, statement or interview they gave a week or two ago where they said, as long as there's two groups or leagues, whatever, we're not going to get involved in women's hockey, which is the exact same excuse they gave us when there were two leagues in the CWHL yep. and the NWHL. Now there's the PWHPA and the NWHL. One is an association. The other is a league. And the NHL still refuses to get involved. So, well, did you see? I thought just this week, 
and you'll correct me if I'm wrong. And if I'm really wrong, I'll just edit this out. Uh, <laughs> did you see there was a statement just like on Monday or a report? I can't even remember from one of the the big you know hockey reporters that said just in the last week or so again the NHL has gone to the PWHPA and the NWHL or the yeah that's right and got on the uh, told them like if you can get on the same page we're in we're ready to do something but we don't want to be picking sides and like you said the picking sides thing or the whatever has been their crutch for a very long time but I remember something just this week like kind of coming across the that was basically it was put back in their court if you guys can figure out your differences we're in and ready to go um I, they I said that before. Okay. They said that when there was two leagues, yep. uh, the CWHL and the NWHL, the CWHL folded. Yes. There was one league and the NHL remained silent. Okay. And I, I don't know. I just, I, the NHL has used this excuse for so long. And, mm-hmm. you know, the fact it, it's often put on women's hockey as they're yes. like, well, you're not going to grow the hockey, the game if you have two leagues. And I don't disagree with that. But at the same time, like there were two leagues in hockey. Right, mm-hmm. like yes. WHA and NHL, and we yep. managed to support that. There were two leagues in baseball. We managed to merge those and and go forward. There were two leagues in football. Like you know, the the story goes on. You are and this uh, is shredding their case pretty effectively. Honestly, <laughs> like I'm just I'm I'm so Gary Bettman has been using this excuse for so long, and I I don't I truly don't believe that if there was one group, I think there would still be an excuse okay. somewhere. Yes. Right, like. I mean, the, and they've the already kind right of, now. yeah, like I, I think they've already kind of chosen sides. Like individual teams are are partnering yeah, with. Well, that's true. The PWHPA. It seems like at a higher rate. I know some some uh, teams have also partnered with their respective NWHL franchises. But like, come on, man, don't don't make this like there's infighting and therefore is their problem. You know, you're you're hiding behind the guise of we'll get involved when. Yep. And and that when has come and gone, and they ne- they didn't do anything about it. So, yeah. I'll, it's one of those I'll believe it when I see it situations with the NHL. I would love for them to jump in and help and support. I think I think a WNBA model uh, would really work well for women's hockey. Um, but I just. I don't know. The, the NHL keeps dragging its heels and looking for excuses, and, and you know, round and round we go. Well, we've got some baseball to talk about. We've got some Stanley Cup playoffs to talk about. But since you referenced the WNBA, we should probably start right there. As they're off and running. They've had a big first weekend. The ratings would back that up. Um, you know, they're they're off and running on a new season. What's sort of been your early takeaways? And it does seem like it is getting more attention. You are seeing more maybe that's only anecdotal. Like maybe I've sort of been wised up on the right people to be following on social media. And so it seems like I'm seeing more about it. I, I don't know. You maybe would have a better read on that sort of, how do you think this uh, early part of the WNBA season has, has gone? I noticed that too. I, I was saying to a couple of people, like I've never seen this much excitement for a WNBA season, but I've also never been this dialed in. Like right. I've never, I don't know if it's me looking for it or if it's, if it's that much more excitement, but I've also seen like people who cover the WNBA and have covered it for a long time say those kind of things too. Okay. So I think there is a lot of excitement here and, and yeah, the ratings would back that up. Opening weekend alone had an increase of 25%. That's a huge um, number just goes to show that when you put it on TV, people will watch. Um, As still, some have like, been saying for a while. Yeah, it, it still blows my mind that almost half of the WNBA games that are taking place this year are not televised. Like, 
we, right. we, we need to do something about that. But I, I, I've never seen this much excitement. I, I know that that's been replicated a lot um, and, and said a lot in, in people who are very in the know and who have been covering this league for a long time. So it, it certainly lived up to the hype Friday night alone. Uh, two out of three of the games ended in uh, late, late uh, game three point winners. I won't say buzzer beaters because they were both just shy of being buzzer beaters, but uh, Sabrina Ionescu, who was, I'm calling her a rookie because she was injured for her her entire rookie season last year. She played three games, went out with an ankle injury, never came back, unfortunately. And uh, so in her fourth WNBA game of all time, she had had a great night um, and drained a three-pointer with 0.4 seconds left <laughs> to win the game. Uh, and then Diana Taurasi did something very similar in the late game for the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, there was a bit of a controversy because the clock ended up stalling. Oh, um, no. <laughs> and if I read it correctly, this is such a ridiculous, like I think, I think Diana Taurasi said something like this would never happen in, in the NBA. And, and she's very much right. But I also wanted to say like, let me introduce you to the offside challenge. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I was going to say, maybe it would never happen in the NBA, but it would absolutely happen in the NHL. Like hundred percent. Remember like, no in league. the clinching game of the Stanley cup, when caps are playing Vegas, remember the clock just stopped on TV and that like, they had no idea how much was left. Time was left in like the last two minutes of a clinching game. For the cup final, like, this is the most hockey thing I've ever seen in my life. No league knows how to take excitement out of its own <laughs> sport than the NHL. They will hold my beer to yeah, WNBA exactly. any yeah. day. Um, but if I read it correctly, I read one story. I think it was Yahoo Sports uh, that, that shared this story. But apparently the clock stopped because a ref breathed heavily into a whistle. And so it made a whistle sound. And therefore the clock stopped. Like the, the clock keeper timekeeper was just like okay whistle click even though diana Shirasi was literally about to take a shot um <laughs> so, like if that's true it's just the most bizarre story yes. i've ever heard in my life they ended up figuring out there was like 1.1 seconds left yeah, or something so back and but it's still you know shitty timing but sometimes things just happen right like, yeah exactly yeah. And, and it was it was again it was one of those moments of like oh only in the wnba and i thought no, I, I feel like the NHL could really right. raise, raise its glass here. Um, and then last night, uh, history was made again. Sabrina Ionescu, I, I can't say enough about this this kid, 23 years old, 23 years and 164 d- days old. Mm-hmm. Uh, she becomes the youngest player in WNBA history to record a triple-double. She had wow. 26 points, 12 assists, 10 rebounds. Um, so she is three games in to the season and already having herself just an absolute year. Uh, so that that's really exciting to see. And, and a lot of people were really, really anticipating her debut last year, obviously didn't go the way we wanted. Uh, and she missed a lot. So it's, it's really great to see her kind of hit the ground running, pick up where she left off. And uh, the, the Liberty have already matched their, their win totals for the previous year. They had two wins Oof. in total last season. Uh, so not great. And by game two of this season, they had matched that. So, so they're <laughs> off to a great start and Sabrina's off to a great start. And it's just been, it's been wildly entertaining basketball so far. It sounds like it, especially for any of us who've been kind of following you on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, just watching me rage spiral <laughs> about the Seattle storm. I did not think this through, by the way, I can't believe it took me. You took, the this fact that you chose reason. a West Coast team. Yep. yep. <laughs> and I was looking at the schedule going, why is there so many temp? Oh, no. Oh, oh, I'm dear. an idiot. I forgot time zone exists. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it was because last year, like admittedly last year, I watched more WNBA than I ever have in my life. And it was all in the wobble. 
right. in Florida. Yeah. So I, the time zones weren't as much sure. of a factor, uh, although, although they were still appealing to their uh, respective markets. Yep. Um, yeah. Didn't, the good thing is, if I can uh, uh, promo League Pass a little bit here, you can watch the game afterwards with League Pass. Get up, watch it in the morning if you need so to. So that's exactly what I did this morning. <laughs> Got up, made my coffee, sat down and watched a big chunk of the Seattle Storm Las Vegas Aces game, which did not go well. So well, that, I, there is a solution. I, if I'm being honest with you, this did cross my mind before when you've been talking about your, your team. I'm like, oh, all right, well cool like you know maybe there's this players she likes or like i didn't know the whole story i didn't want to become and then it also came up probably two weeks ago when we were talking about the uh nwsl and the fact that you again had a west coast bias for and i'm kind of left going why why do you do this to yourself but you know i just sort of let it go people have their favorite teams and i didn't want to question anything but it did seem odd that you had locked into a couple of West Coast teams for someone who goes to bed at like right after Jeopardy. Yep, exactly. <laughs> this was the dumbest thing I've ever done, and I've done a lot of stupid <laughs> things. Yeah, because I, I, I it, it's, it's because of players. I, I cheer for the Seattle Storm because of Sue Bird. Like, sure. That that is ninety nine point nine percent of the reason. Right. Um. But I'm in now. Right. Yeah. I can't get out. I can't. I can't change at this point. And then with the Portland Thorns, admittedly, I've been a fan of for all of fifteen minutes. <laughs> um. Christine St. Clair yes. plays for that team. No, so as long as she's sure. with that team, and and you know, I haven't I haven't watched enough of them to like be all in at this point. Um, so if she, still a if chance she, you could get there's out of a that chance one. if she got traded tomorrow <laughs> to like Chicago, I'd be very, or, or Gotham, I'd be very happy. Right. Um, with all due respect to the Portland Thorns, they are very good, <laughs> but I, I really didn't think this through. I'm going to, I've said it for years. I have to move to the West coast at some point in my life because it is the ideal situation. If you are a sports fan, your sports schedule on a Saturday afternoon, for example, starts at 4 PM. Or 10 a.m. If you want, or, like, depending yeah, it, on what your depending deal on your is. sport, yeah. like you can watch Sunday football at 10 a.m. Yep. Like, yes, yep. friggin' please. But if you're a hockey fan alone, 4 p.m. Yep. is is the the prime time game, so to speak. And then you get to watch the what we call late game yes. at a reasonable <laughs> hour. Well, and this wouldn't apply to you, but I've talked to several friends on the West Coast who loved that growing up, right? They watched the late game. And then went out like to the bars mm-hmm. afterwards, right? Like you, the game's done by whatever, 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And you've still got your Saturday night to go out and in your case, crawl into bed and get a full eight hours of sleep. But for exactly. normal people go out and, and have a good Saturday night, right? Was this it's, always a thing for you while we're poking fun? When you were in, when you were in university, when you were young, were you still quite this early to bed or were you willing to, you know? stay no. until at least 11 45 or something <laughs> i i wasn't this bad but i was getting there i started i was such a nerd um <laughs> like i i did a lot of uh mom if you're listening please hang up uh dad <laughs> if you're listening it probably won't come as a surprise to you um <laughs> i did a lot of my partying in high school and first year university okay got it out of my like if, if i could give parents any advice it's let the F go in high school, because if you do not do that, your kids will go nuts oh, in university. Man. That first week of first year of oh, my when God. you can tell who's never been allowed out of their parents' house before. Yep. It's, it's dangerous. It's it straight is, up dangerous. Really I'm amazed is. half my friends lived. Yeah. I really am. So, you know, 
all that is to say, like university was not that much of a transition to me. It was very much the same, but those were kind of my peak party years. And then when I was in second year, I I got more into like working out and fitness. And I read a lot about the importance of sleep and, and, you know, getting in shape and losing weight and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I started, I just started prioritizing sleep at, at a very young age, all things considered. So I wasn't necessarily going to bed at like nine 30, but like (laughs) I was conscious of the sleep I was getting. I didn't drink as much. I still went out and partied with my friends, but I was, I've never been a bar scene person. Even like the moment I turned 19, went to my first legal bar, said, this is not for me and left. (laughs) I would, I would maybe go to the bar for like an hour with my friends and go home because it was just such a, like, I I don't want to stand in a crowded room and yell at my friends. I'd rather sit in a pub with them and have a couple beers. Right. So I was never much of a late night partier. I've always been very much prioritizing sleep, but it was, it's only in I want to say the last five or six years that I've become like <laughs> grandma status <laughs> where I, I, I've just trained my body to get up at five thirty AM and now I can't do anything else. And so nine 30 rolls around. I'm, I'm also a morning person. So I'm, yeah. I'm functionally useless after 8 PM. <laughs> right. If you ask me to do anything after 8 PM, you are not going to get peak results because my <laughs> body just naturally wants to go like it's winding down for the day. Yeah. So I'll, for Fair those enough. who wanted to attend a therapy session for Michaela Schreider today, um, that, I asked that is the question. How I, I was curious. I, I, I wondered how long <laughs> this had been a thing and how this is you, about why I am who I am. Yeah, how you stumbled into your West Coast sports fandom, and you're right. Yeah. You you would be better off as a sports fan living in Vancouver God, or something like that. I got to figure that out. Uh, sp- speaking of late night sports, I mean this this is the time of year where I think a lot of us are watching probably more late night sports than ever because the the playoffs are on. It's true. The NHL playoffs in particular. I mean, I I got my eye on teams who I normally don't really care to watch much of, uh, or at least don't watch much of in the regular season. And now the playoffs start, and I'm like, you know, analyzing Las Vegas's fourth line. <laughs> So who, what, you know, if we're looking at the NHL playoffs, which, which by the way, have got gotten started in my opinion with a bang. I think it's been incredibly entertaining it hockey has, so yes. far. I'm sorry that your Toronto Maple Leafs have yet to play, but you're only 24 hours away from that now. <laughs> what, uh, what, what's caught your eye so far in the playoffs? Any, any series in particular that have been interesting to you? Well, this won't be original at all, but Tampa versus Florida has yes. seems to have caught in everyone's attention, right? Um, that uh, that game one on Sunday, and they they wrote articles in the Athletic and and probably in Florida publications that I don't read behind thirty five different columns that start with a Florida man um, mm-hmm. about how this game was the type of game that would create fans in Florida, yeah. right? Game one versus Tampa, uh, game one Tampa versus Florida, first time these state rivals have ever faced off in a playoff series and it lived up to the hype. And I really thought, I guess if, you know, if we're drifting into predictions and and what we thought was going to happen, I really thought Florida probably had to have game one to make a go of this and they score early and it gets called back and then point goes and scores right after, I believe it was point. Um, to make it one nothing Tampa, and, I was, and there was a part of me, and I tweeted it and deleted it, which is something I should think of sooner, like before I hit tweet, do you really want to send this? Or rather than having to circle back and delete it a few minutes later. But it was honestly on my mind, and I said, that might be the series. Like, that Florida team, that young Florida team, not that a lot of those guys haven't been in the playoffs much, 
that might have been it, right? The wind taken out of your sails, and not only does the goal not count, but Tampa scores right after and suddenly you're down. Sometimes it happens that quick for a defending Stanley Cup champion, all the experience in the world. They're going to be fine, and you've really been kicked hard. Now, I did delete it because I was like, this... It was obviously a hot take. I knew that much when I was <laughs> tweeting it, but I was like, even this is too much for me. Like, this is too stupid. Take it down. And sure enough, Tampa goes on and wins game one. I can't remember. Did it go to overtime? It was A lot of these games have gone to overtime, but it, it stayed close. The first game went to overtime. Yeah. yeah. And then in game two, you know, Tampa looks to have kind of found their stride a bit and I don't know. To me, there's something about that series that I didn't expect to be this invested in, but probably just because I sat down for early parts of game one and it was incredible, the pace and the physicality and everything. Um, you know, even though I didn't expect to be this in, invested in it, it, it caught me right away. Yeah, I I had so much expectations for this okay. and it has lived up to every nice m- iota of it. My only complaint so far is the fact that with Tampa Bay up to nothing, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous that this is going to it, it not be as long of a series as I'd like I it to be. I feel that way too. You Tampa's taken both of the games in Florida, right? Like now they're going home. I really felt not like Florida good. probably sorry, had the to first take game, the first one. The first game was not overtime. Okay. I stand corrected. I okay. just double checked that. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it like it, it just feels like as as interesting and exciting and and fast paced as these games have been. And I don't want to say for, uh, Tampa's run away with it, but there were times where it just it feels yep. like everything is going in Tampa Bay's yep. favor, right? Whether it's the goal being called back in, and you know, last night in particular. Um, I think it was uh, so Tuesday night for people listening. Tuesday night. Yeah. Yep. Tu- the Tuesday night game, game two, yep. the Andre Palat goal. I can't yeah. remember who it was that skated in, beamed the puck off the crossbar. Like, like it should have been a goal mm-hmm. goes right to Andre Palat. Boom scores. Like yep. it just feels like even when things don't go Tampa's way, <laughs> they, they end up going do. Tampa's way. Yeah. And it, I don't know. It's, I really hope that Florida comes back and makes it interesting because I think the biggest crime of these playoffs would be if this ends up being a sweep. We yeah. deserve more of this. And I I was excited going into the series. I think it's great for those markets. Mm-hmm. I think this is a, a playoff series that weirdly has not happened yet. Yeah. Um in in the, you know, 25 30 years that that these teams have been in the league and there are two teams who came into the league in not traditional hockey markets mm-hmm. and have had absolutely opposite trajectories. Yeah. Right. Came in a year apart. I think it was the Lightning who came in with the Sens. Yeah. Um, and the Panthers a year later. The Panthers get to the cup final in 96 and get just smashed by a stacked Colorado team and have been pretty much a non factor ever since. Every now and then they creep into the playoffs, but they don't do anything significant. And Tampa's gone on to become like a model franchise, like one of the yep. elite franchises in the league where guys want to go and play and you know you're going to be in it all the time. It's incredible, you know, the different paths that those two teams have taken from similar starts. Absolutely. And that, that's what makes it so compelling is like you want to root for Florida yeah, in that way. Yes. Right. Like this poor fan base has had nothing and it just gets they get absolutely ripped apart by every other fan base yep. in the league for not showing up for being for being non-existent, for being mostly Canadian expats. Yep. Like I just I feel for them so bad. I want to see them have success. So I'm hoping they're able to come back. This is just 
Ugh, I, I don't like the way it's going so far, but it, but it has been for the two games we've mm-hmm. seen so far. It's been absolutely electric hockey. One of the other ones, and I, I, I'll freely admit I'm ripping off with my description here, Andrew Berkshire, um, who you should be following on Twitter if you're a hockey fan. Hundo P. Yeah. And he had outlined, you know, that all of a sudden, all season, everyone had been screaming that the Minnesota Wild are exciting and entertaining. And then for the first, through the first two games of the playoffs, they score one goal now that everybody's watching, right? So they beat Vegas in game one, one nothing. Um, and it almost reminds you of those like 2003 Minnesota Wild teams with Jacques, Demer, uh, Jacques Lemaire coaching and just strangle the life out of you and trap, 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 trap. But this team had gone on and done some really exciting things uh, throughout the season, most of it led by Kirill Kaprizov that kind of gave them this kind of young feel and, and, you know, really injected some life into the franchise. And then they finally get on the national stage in the playoffs against Vegas, um, where they're huge underdogs and they beat Vegas in game one, but it's one nothing. You're like, really? This is the entertaining Minnesota Wild I was supposed to be paying attention to. And then they lose game two, I think it was three to one to Vegas. So, um, you know, I, I can remember the Vegas, uh, the Vegas Twitter account on Tuesday night after one period, I think tweets it, maybe maybe this will be the period we finally score, right? And and they're, they are the favorites. They they get on the board and, and get up and going, but it's kind of been a little bit disappointing, maybe, just in terms of the, the fact they've been shut down a little bit. I think a lot of people wanted to get behind this Minnesota Wild team, and, and it's not to say they won't start scoring, but just uh, just the juxtaposition of the the, the storyline that was told all season and then once you're on the big stage it was like no we're still the one nothing team and they're also going up against a I'm not gonna say surprising but a very very hot uh flurry yes Mark Andre flurry yeah. right and and I, if I hear one more time that he's 36 years old I swear to God it's hurtful it's hurtful <laughs> like, what are you th- saying this 37 year old is very upset that you all have deemed that old <laughs> and in all seriousness though i think we need to get away from this narrative that when you hit your late 30s as an athlete it's it's game over for you and we're we're shocked and amazed every time an athlete over 40 does anything but like between tom brady and aaron Rodgers and drew Brees and now mark andre Fleury and lord only knows who else and diana tarasi and sue bird like maybe not you shea are- weber you still suck you're yeah. still brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe athletes are taking better awesome care though. of themselves than they were in the nineties when they were smoking darts between yeah. periods. Like <laughs> I, I, I really wish we'd get away from this narrative of being astounded every time someone over the age of 35 does anything. At their job. Yeah. <laughs> like the, never been, we've never known more about sports science than we do right now. And athletes have never taken care of themselves so well as they do right now. I, like let's normalize this let's normalize athletes over 35 being good let's normalize um, being nice to 37 year olds <laughs> yeah seriously i never cared about this more until i hit my early yeah. 30s well you've um, probably heard the term now because I, I, it was chris hoffley who was on here the other day we should have probably mentioned this uh with justin howell um episode 830 we were talking cfl with uh, number 21 from your red blacks you can go back and check that out if you want but he had tweeted out last week um, someone else had tweeted the term geriatric millennial and oh, yeah. he quoted it and went, what did you just call me? What is this? I had never heard that term before in my life and I've been banging him over the head with it ever since, even though I think I'm a year older. Than this. Um, and then I got a text this morning from a friend of mine and she, uh, had said, did you know that apparently people born between 1980 and 1985 are 
now being called geriatric millennials and she was born in like 86 and i'm like get the hell out of here right so this is starting to become a thing i'm hearing more and more about but me and mark andre flurry geriatric millennials hundo p yeah. hundo p i as a as a 89 i i really much i very very support very much support this geriatric millennial term i had always heard the term elder millennial uh, yeah i've heard if, that if, i was willing to tolerate that because i've always hurtful. felt like an elder millennial i think i'm right smack dab in, in the middle <laughs> the absolute middle of what you would consider a millennial okay but like i remember the landline and i remember dial up internet <laughs> So I don't like some of the categorizations that I get as a millennial, mm, but no, I, I, I think it was the comedian Eliza, Eliza Schlesinger who had a, her whole Netflix special was coined elder millennial. And it was okay. all about being this like right in that generation. Yeah. Like 30, 36, 37 right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, remembering these two very differing worlds. It was, it was, I've never heard geriatric millennial until earlier this week. It's just hurtful. But I like it better. <laughs> Because it's not me. <laughs> when I become that, yeah. I will not like it no. quite as much. Um, but all that is to say, uh, Mark Andre Fleury is uh, just razor sharp right they now. They were looking to punt him out of town. Like they did Honestly. not want him. They signed a traded four last year at the deadline, Robin Leonard, then re-upped him to a five-year deal. And Robin Leonard, to his credit, and, and you know, not trying to you know rain on his parade at all, he said like it was clear they wanted me and I wanted to be in a place where I knew I was going to be a big part of the team. And they were not only willing to trade Mark andre Fleury, they were willing to give him away with a second round pick for someone to just take that salary and no one would. And now here he is after another season, he's back in the starters net. He's doing it again. He has earned that spot ahead of the guy that they just gave five years to. Yeah, it's... I don't know. They're in a little bit of a situation. Yeah, but, <laughs> but for right now, yeah, no, yeah, no. This is not they're, ideal moving forward. They played games down the stretch with ten forwards and five defensemen. Like this, yeah. they were in cap hell. But here we are. It's working out for for Vegas so far. I I think this is going to be the kind of hockey that Vegas brings out in teams because Flurry is that good right now. It looks like, and he's. He's going to hold them to that, and yep. they're and they're no slouch themselves no. defensively at times, right? Like. I think they, they get a lot of credit for being flashy and exciting, but like they do a really good job at shutting, shutting teams down. So I'm, I, I'll admit I have not watched as much of that series as I'd like to again, West coast, Western time zone ish, (laughs) uh, difficult for me. Um, but a series that has been surprisingly entertaining to me before you move off that. I want to bring this up here. Now I want to get on the record. Look for Vegas's top pair of Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo be Canada's top pair at Beijing Olympics in February. That's going to be a thing, I think. Yeah, I think you're right there. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah, it looks okay. <laughs> Chris Kunitz got on the uh, the <laughs> Olympic team for playing well with Sidney Crosby. I'm, I'm very much okay with Shea, the- Shea Theodore oh, doing the same thing. Shea Theodore may have made it without Alex Petrangelo. He's been pretty good for a while, but I think he's getting a lot more attention now. And uh, I, I don't know. I just I think it's going to become a thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Alex Petrangelo. Yeah. I, I had never watched much of him until, I want to say a couple of years ago when he was still with St. Louis yeah. in uh, their their series against Chicago. And it was like, I my eyes were opened as to how good he is. Yep. Um, just absolutely phenomenal player. Uh, but, it, but a series that's been surprisingly interesting to me is Pittsburgh, New York Islanders. Like, I did not expect anything from this series. I was like, okay, New York Islanders hockey, 
<laughs> no, thank you. Um, with, and I'm saying that as an Ottawa Senators fan who lived through the 2017 run right. where people would classify that hockey as boring. But the Islanders are very much a similar <laughs> identity right now where they just they just like constrict you yep. and beat you down and then win 2-1. I picked the Islanders to win that series, even though it's a 1-4 matchup. I just, <sighs> Pittsburgh has been lined up with the Islanders a few times over the last couple of years, and it's never been any fun for them. Um, it's very true. They've always given them a hard time, and, yeah. and they're, they're the exact team you would think would suffer at the hands of this neutral zone trap-ish yep. kind of style yep. that, new, that the Islanders play, right? And then Sidney Crosby comes in, scores a goal mid-air with one hand on his stick, <laughs> and then stops a goal with one hand on his stick. This guy is unbelievable. I can't believe that we still aren't talking about the fact that, okay, all due respect to Connor McDavid, he is the best player in the league. Yep. Sidney Crosby is still, like, right there. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, like, he didn't go anywhere. And Rob Rossi there, who writes down in Pittsburgh covering the Penguins, he had well, he kind of got blown up for what he had said there a week or so ago that – you know, it's an anti-Penguins bias, the fact that Sidney Crosby won't win MVP this year. And Interesting. there's a certain amount of, I get your point, I understand your audience, but reel her in a little, buddy, right? Like, let's just take a little bit off that. It's okay to say people aren't paying enough attention to Sidney Crosby this year without saying he's been better than the guy who just put up like 105 points in 56 games. Um, but it's been true, and it's been every bit as true in the playoffs. He's been great, again, and, and Malkin missed uh, the beginning of the series, and, and Crosby you know, was able to kind of pick it up and carry the load. But there's something about what the Islanders do that the Penguins, and I think probably a lot of skill teams, would fall into hard, right? Like that they just know how to shut that down, know how to lock you down. And if it's not for a couple of bad goals against, actually you could say this in both games in in either direction, right? The goaltending has not yet been stellar in this series. But, you know, the Islanders could easily be up to nothing in this one. And I just kind of feel like at the end of the day, it's probably going to take six games or so I don't know. I don't love the Pens goaltending. I don't love their depth defensively, although Cody Cece resurging. Capable Norris NHL. Candidate, oh, easy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just think, I don't know. I think the Islanders might find a way to to get this done. And I do have a, <laughs> on our Instagram right now, at Tall Can Audio. It's me and my little buddy Lucas, six years old, going head to head in our uh, playoff picks. We've eliminated everybody else who normally plays along, and he has made it into the final two every year at the end of the the, the picks. He just gives you a team and a number of games against, you know, our expert analysis. And uh, for some reason, he's always right there in the uh, in contention towards the end. Um, but he and I both picked the Islanders, so I think that's got to be worth something. I have a mandate of not going against Sidney Crosby, especially yeah, in the first I round of the playoffs. I, I'm with you. I think that this is this screams a series where the Islanders win. Yeah. But I, although I didn't make any formal picks this year, I have in my head picks that I yep. could change if I need to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I picked Pittsburgh to win this series. The but I, I hope to God it goes seven because it has been it has been wildly entertaining and it's surprisingly physical at times. And uh, there was the whole Chris Tenev crash, crashing into the net controversy last night that I yeah. thought was interesting. And yeah. I don't uh, know. Brandon it's just, Tenev. Brandon Tenev, sorry. Yeah. Um, 
I there's I was I flipped to this game while the Tampa Florida game was on intermission. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm staying. I, here. This was going to be my intermission <laughs> entertainment, and I might just stay here. Um, well, but, let's get you on the record before they start. The two Canadian series. We need predictions. Oh, I'm so glad you asked me about this, Matt. Oh, no. Okay. No, I didn't. I I didn't ask. I didn't ask. I didn't ask. (laughs) I'm going to start with Edmonton, Winnipeg, just to make things easier for you. So as we sit here right now, it is, uh, I don't know, somewhere after five o'clock. So this won't be out until after game one. But just to let people know where we stand right now, we're a few hours away from puck drop on Edmonton, Winnipeg as Michaela gives her pick for that series. So because of what I'm about to say, congratulations, Winnipeg, on your first win. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm obviously picking Edmonton. Okay. Winnipeg literally, like, I, I don't even want to say crawled into the playoffs. That's too nice of a word for what they did. Yeah. They were so bad. A corpse on a conveyor belt just being they, pun- pushed towards the finish line. <laughs> they are so bad right now. And, uh, you know, I, right now, I, with all due like respect, right now, ago. yes, I know things can turn around. <laughs> sure. Um, and I know Connor Hellebuck can, can absolutely probably win a series. <laughs> absolutely, <for> you. probably. <laughs> I'm saying that because I, I, I you know, yeah. not 100% sure. Any right now. team can get goalied in the playoffs. It does. Exactly. Happen. Yes. And because it's Edmonton, it feels weird to cheer for them. But just with the season <laughs> Connor McDavid is having and yep. Leon Dreisidel, mm-hmm. it is, and, and Mike Smith surprisingly yeah um it, it is Speaking hard of geriatric millennials no kidding <laughs> it is hard to say that edmonton doesn't come out of this series for sure um so I'm, I'm taking i'm taking edmonton which means that inevitably tonight winnipeg will probably win game one um edmonton in how many i'll say five wow okay yeah you I, I really it. I don't think Winnipeg is going to put up much of a fight. Again, they'll win game one, and then Edmonton will win four straight. Could um, be. Could be. And I, I do agree with you. Like, Winnipeg was just being dummied to the finish line. But I have seen teams, you know, that it, more often than not, you want to go in hot. And obviously, Winnipeg would have preferred to. Um, I'm with you. I think the Oilers are going to win. But I do think the the Jets will put up a b- much better fight than what they showed down the stretch. And even if it is nothing more than than Connor Hellebuck, um, uh, to me, it's it's Oilers in six or seven. I, I hope so. I'd like to see that series extended longer. It's just, uh, I don't know. I, I think there's, given a, us there's so many really. problems. Yeah. There's yep. so many problems in Winnipeg that extend far That's beyond the ice. It's an awful blue line. It's just awful. Oh, and, and their forwards are awful uh, in the, on the opposite side of the puck. <laughs> yeah, no, you're like, right. Like they don't help. They, they do not help their, their blue line at all. And then you've got the whole culture there that has chased how many stars out of yep. town yep. now. I, I, I don't want to give Winnipeg any more credit than they deserve. I think they have a serious culture issue there. And if they lose this series, mm-hmm. which they probably are, yeah. there is going to be massive changes in Winnipeg. I think so. You've been looking at the same GM since 2011, I believe they moved there, and he's had more than enough time to try and get like who gets a decade, right? To and and it's been fair, like what they've was been it? fine three until well, they took a conference final run three years ago, and mm-hmm. but they've done nothing since then to improve the team, and it's actually gotten much much worse since then. And whether it's fair or not, I don't know, but for sure. Paul Maurice is gone if they don't get out of the first. Yeah. Re- but he it has might a be- way of just keeping jobs, though. Uh, like, but, but somebody's got to go, right? Some, like, somebody absolutely has to go. So and, and I once think you're you fire right. Shovel Day off, 
normally the new guy wants his own coach when he comes in. So I, I think you're right. And Paul Maurice is getting late is getting fired. But the fact that he is still here is a little surprising yeah. to me. Okay. Yeah. Like he's yeah, and again, all due respect to Paul Maurice, I would never advocate for someone losing their job. Um, but he has a way of hanging around. Yep. Like he just unexpectedly does. I do believe and, he's a good coach, especially those early years when you go back and you look at, look, you know, the, the goaltending that he had that was like, just, just look at Paul Maurice year by year in his record and then look at the teams that he was coaching that year's save percentage year by year and you go, ah, I see you've had a tough go. <laughs> isn't the same, isn't there a similar trend with Bruce Boudreaux? Well, at, if nothing else, at least in game sevens, like his yeah, goaltenders oh, forget how to even put their equipment on in game Ugh. sevens. He, his, it's something ridiculous. Like in game sevens, his goalies have an 875 save percentage. You're like, that's not on you, man. Right? No. Like, <laughs> that poor guy just can't catch a break in game seven, man. Yeah. And then oh, to watch, oh, to watch Washington go on and win like just a couple years yeah. later. Oh, must have been heartbreaking. Yeah. Anyway, um, now to, to the big money series. Yeah. Toronto, Montreal. This is a hard one for me because my prediction is that I'd like my, my, my prediction, sorry, my desire mm-hmm. is that both teams lose. It's not um, but I'm told in the NHL this yeah. can't happen. So, yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, I married a Leafs fan. I'm a Sens fan, so I live in hell. Um, he could have done better. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> when when he when, man, we make each other's lives miserable in the playoffs. No, that's Lord help us. <laughs> Lord help us if the Sens and Leafs uh, meet in the playoffs at any point in the near future. He can like, come stay I, with me for those two weeks. He can come. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, one of us is going to have to move out temporarily because <laughs> we'll kill each other. But with this series, like I hate both of these teams equally. But yeah. here is my hope. This series, although on paper, Toronto should win and they probably will. Mm-hmm. This series, I want to go to game seven. I want it to be a seven game series again. On paper, probably won't be, but this is what I want. I want it to go to game seven. One. And I want the Leafs in Game Seven oh. to go up four one. Oh, for crying! And then I want in the third period of Game Seven, where the Leafs are up four one, for the Habs to score at least two goals, maybe three, and tie it. Let's say, yeah, you know what? We're going to say three goals. And I want them to tie the game at four four. I want Game Seven to go to overtime then, and then I want. I think the Leafs will win, but I that is the maximum pain for both sides of this. I think. That is also somewhat realistic. So that is my prediction slash desire for the series. Um, you should get out <laughs> in the next little while. Anything on your mind, anything that you want to this say on this podcast. This is, this is entirely likely your last appearance here. This has been a great run, guys. I yeah. appreciate your time. Um. Look, hey, hey, I explained this exact prediction to Josh maybe an hour before this podcast started. And I said, you want to be mad at me, but I did just predict that your team would win. Yeah, but what you said to him was, I'm predicting your team will work or will win, but I want it to hurt you along the way. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, I want maximum (laughs) chaos, maximum pain for both sides here. This is the closest I can get to both teams losing. Yeah, okay. Um, but, I, but I will say, in all seriousness, I do think Toronto's going to win this series. And I would like to see them win this series because I can't stand another offseason of Toronto talk. Let them get over the hump of the first round for the love trade of God. Willie. We're trading Willie. It's Willie's fault. We're trading Willie. It's oh, and I will, I will light myself <laughs> on fire. 
I hope here is my hope. If game seven goes to overtime, William Nylander scores the overtime oh, winning goal. This, this, I mean, uh, I might that is poetic justice. What would happen if that were the case? Now, earlier today, as we sit here on Wednesday, uh, Masai Ujiri had his uh, season ending press conference um, oh. in regards to the Raptors and, and how things went down there. And what he said at the end of his uh, press conference, uh, you know, as he's kind of wrapping things up, he goes, uh, Good luck to the Leafs. This is their year. And that guy knows how to press a city's buttons, right? Everybody no already kidding. loved Masai and the fact that he took time there to go. You're like, yeah, sign that guy. Give him whatever he wants. Give him his money. I cannot believe Masai Ujiri is not signed yet. But to take the time there to, uh, you know, to, to to mention the Leafs and and whatever. And, and most, honestly, Dubas has always been very good. Most of the Leafs staff, um, you see them all the time. Actually, there was a thing going on for a while where, you know, when both teams were in the playoff, Babcock was wearing the Raps hat, Nurse was wearing the Leafs hat to their press conferences and stuff. So if you love, if you're on the fence somehow because you hate the Leafs and the Habs, I get that. But we all love Masai Ujiri. So get on board yeah. with his pick, which was the Leafs. I'm saying Leafs in six. Um, most people that I speak to seem to think it's more like a Leafs in five type of thing. There's going to be something stupid along the way. We're going to stub our toe somewhere. We're going to do something dumb. It probably happens in game one to create maximum panic. Uh, but also, it appears that come game six in Quebec, they will be allowed to have some fans yes! in the building. And I would this like, is awesome. I would like to win there in front of those fans just to make That's sure fair. that your first night out in over a year is very disappointing and unsatisfying that's what i'm hoping happens i i, I guess i'm with you there because again <laughs> maximum pain and maximum suffering for both sides is my policy here but i would in all seriousness i was very happy to read that it just feels like a sign that you know we're, we're getting there we're getting there that's we're moving right. in the right direction hawk fans being in the bell center i hate the montreal canadians y'all know sure. i hate the montreal canadians but hockey in the bell center is a beautiful thing. And I've never, like, one of the first things I'm doing when this pandemic is over is booking tickets to a Montreal Canadiens game because I need to experience this in person myself. It is it is a beautiful thing that we get to see this at this at some point mm -hmm. in this season. And uh, it's going to be, I think they said, like a quarter capacity, something like 2,500 fans 2, or something. 2,500, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm with you. I'd like to see a game in Montreal. And I don't know that I want it to be a Leaf game. Like, I, I'm not wanting nope. to go and cheer for... The Habs, no. but I just want to be there and kind of take it in unbiasedly. I have been to the Bell Center um, for a UFC event, and it was spectacular, right? Like the mm. fans were, and and I have so many friends who've been there for rock concerts and stuff. To say that the 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 crowds are just unbelievable uh, in comparison, certainly to you know here in Ottawa or in Toronto as well, where you're a little more restrained and whatever it might be, right? The the joie de vie in Montreal. They, they know how to have a good time, right? And it was yeah. certainly the case when I was there to see George St. Pierre fight, you know, his homecoming, his return from injury. Uh, he oh, fought, that's cool. Yeah, he fought Carlos Condit. And I got swept up in the ole, ole, ole's, right? Like, you're all in <laughs> when you get in there. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing a game there either. But this year, I would like the Leafs in six in front of some sad Montreal Canadiens fans that on is... their first night out of the, out of the house. That, that is a good prediction for for a, a Leafs fan, I will say. Yeah. Um, but I know I'm with you on the going to a Habs game 
against a team that I don't care about. Right. Like I, like I, I against the St. Louis blues sure. or the Buffalo Sabres or someone who I can just be neutral and blend in. Yep. I'm not going to cheer for the Habs, no. but I'm not going to cheer against them. Cause Same. I also value life. Um, <laughs> So I'm just going to remain neutral and cheer when everyone else is and cheering. Having a Molson export in oh, the yeah. second deck of the uh, Bell Oh my God. <laughs> oh, I just, I want this so bad. Yeah. Guys, get your vaccines, wear your masks and stay home until this is over so yeah. that we can do this. Well, text me okay. when you're doing that. I'm tagging along. We'll, uh, yes. We'll go and so, like, I can't, I'm embarrassed to say I've we'll never We'll have to find this. an afternoon game, I guess, but that'll be all right. We'll <laughs> We're going to start saving now because you know those prices are <laughs> No, it's true. Yeah. All right. Well, that uh, that about does it for things we had to hit on. Was there anything else you wanted to hit on before we wrap things up? There is. There absolutely Uh is one thing. And I know, you know, we kind of touched on this earlier. Maybe you're not aware of this because it keeps happening after 10 p.m. But the Anaheim Angels are having a fascinating year in that they may have the two best players. And if not the best player and the most interesting player on their team at the same time, and yet they still hover around 500. So currently, Mike Trout of the Anaheim Angels out with an injury. But what Shohei Otani is doing right now for the Anaheim Angels is incredible, like unbelievable. It's He's playing both sides of the ball, right? He's pitching every five days, and the rest of the time... He's, he's still hitting for the Angels in the days where he doesn't pitch. And sometimes, including, I believe it was last Thursday, against Houston, he pitches seven innings, and when he's done pitching, they send him out to right field to play the rest of the game. Shohei Otani is the most interesting player in baseball right now. He is tied for the major league lead in home runs, and as a pitcher, he's only given up two extra base hits all season. This is unbelievable to be this good on both sides of the ball. You just don't see it, right? He's got like a 210 ERA. His batting average is on base. Everything is incredible. And nobody's beating him when he's on the other side. You're going back to Babe Ruth to even come close to somebody who's been this effective on both sides of the ball. And because it's happening in Anaheim... After 10 o'clock every night, <laughs> certainly Michaela, but most of us aren't seeing it, right? It's it's going unnoticed and it's just mind blowing to me that someone can be this dominant on, on both sides of the ball. Now it's early, maybe something falls off on one side or the other, or maybe he continues to dominate the league as a pitcher every five days. And as a batter on the other four days. And just the last thing on this, even just in the last five days, because I believe the last time he pitched was Thursday. We sit here Wednesday. He's going again tonight. So he pitched Thursday. On Friday, home run. On Saturday, home run. On Sunday, one for four. Loser. Uh, and Tuesday, home run. Sorry. Come leave on. Out the, like, what are we doing here? How are you going to combat? And then on Wednesday, he's going to go out as a pitcher and just dominate the <laughs> I don't understand how this isn't the lead story on Sports Center or SportsNet or whatever every morning. What did he do today? Because this is unheard of. And like I said, because it's because it's the Angels instead of the Dodgers or the Yankees, the Red Sox, yeah. we're just not talking about it. And again, the time zone is a huge part of it, but you just you don't see stuff like this. And Shohei Otani right now is the most interesting story in sports for me. 
to to MLB.com's credit, it is their lead story it on that be. website it where the headline be. is, is this really happening? And the subhead is Shohei Otani is breaking baseball in the best possible yes. ways. <laughs> to be that so good on both sides. Knows. Yes. I don't remember the last time I, I, I would do that. Like honestly, MLB.com, but that's <laughs> at least they're yeah, paying attention. It's not the greatest. That's all right. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you there on, you know, Sportsnet and TSN need to step up the game on covering things that aren't hockey right now, <laughs> because I went to uh, both sites this morning mm-hmm. and full disclosure, I work for TSN. So yep. I'm you know, including them both in this category. Sure. Um, I went, I went there this morning to, to catch up on the highlights because obviously I was in bed by 10 p.m. <laughs> last night. And Sabrina Ionescu, as I mentioned earlier, made friggin' history the night before. Yeah. Not an, a single mention of it anywhere on the websites. Right. I couldn't find it on major sports news doesn't website. doesn't exist. What are you doing? <laughs> Start putting – why do – like, again, I'm, I'm – I know we said we're going to wrap up and I can't right. help but go on this tangent. But, you know, we talk about viewership being up 25% and that's great. But imagine what it would be if we put friggin' highlights on SportsCenter right. every morning. Here's why or on you Sports should Net care. Central Here's or whatever it is. You may want to tune in for the next one, right? Like People don't go seeking out sports when they're modestly interested no. or, or fr- on the fringes of being fans. Mm-hmm. They have to stumble upon it. And part of the way they stumble upon it is with their friggin' coffee in the morning, watching, watching what highlights, whatever platform that may be on. You have to put more than the Leafs on there for the love of well, God, more than just hockey, more than just the Raptors, mainly more the Leafs, than just, but there's well, co- I mean, other stuff. <laughs> I didn't see a single highlight of another sport no. before I saw the breakdown of a series that opens two two days from now. <laughs> like, come on, we, we we need to expand ourselves just a little bit outside of hockey. Sometimes, yeah, it's no. I'm the World Series could happen now. the ne- the night before, and the lead story sometimes would be hockey based. Yeah. especially if it was a Canadian team. And that is not how you grow sports in this market. I know I know that they that gets clicks, but again, those people are going to go find that story. Yep. They're going they're going to go looking for that content. Present things in a variety of ways and let them choose. Well, and even this is, is like you know, we're we're doing our best here to get word out and and try and expand women's sports and but even this like on a big 4 even for your most exclusionary networks, right? Even for your most sexist coverage, how is this not leading even your men's sports coverage every day? Until he cools off a little at least, right? Yeah. Like I get that it's mid-May, but you've got a guy who's dominating as a starting pitcher and dominating as a hitter. That just does not happen. There is no one else in baseball doing that. No one else can go out and pitch seven strong innings and then have the managers go, yeah, all right, why don't you just go play right field now so we can keep your bat in the lineup. That doesn't happen anywhere. And I, I'm sorry, the, the Shohei Otani story right now is just fascinating. And I do, I find myself online late at night if I'm still up watching playoff hockey or whatever, you know, flipping over to see what what the Anaheim Angels and this is the craziest part because the Angels suck they've been like a 500 team since 2014 and every day the headline is like 
Mike Trout goes three for four. Shohei Otani does something that hasn't been done since 1929. And the Tigers beat the Angels 8-3. You're like, what the fuck? Right? Like, <laughs> how is this happening on a team this mediocre? You have these two legendary players. I know Trout is hurt now. Anthony Rendon has been in and out of the lineup. But how is this happening on a team this mediocre? You have these two dominant stories, this one incredible player. Well, two incredible players, but one doing it on both sides of the ball. I just don't understand how we're not talking more about it. So if you're a baseball fan and you haven't been paying attention to Shohei Otani, just keep an eye on it because I'm telling you, for now at least, it's incredible. No, we, we got to talk about um, the fact that the Leafs have recalled uh, Martin Marinson. So oh, this, You did this on purpose. To, this yeah, is a bring down. That's more out. important um, to this talk is about. shock in all the worst ways when I saw that this morning. <laughs> why? What happened? Why? Is Morgan Riley hurt? Is, oh, God, why? Yeah, why are it, we doing this to ourselves? It's my team trolling me in the hardest possible way. That's uh, what the Martin, Leafs do, man. They just hurt you. They just hurt you bad. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm so excited to see what happens when they start Jack Campbell in game one and they lose. Don't say it. What's going to happen in game two? What's going to happen in game two? Oh, I'm so excited. This is so much fun when you don't care. Like, <laughs> my team sucks so much. We're not in the playoffs. I don't have to care about care. it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't have to care about it. Oh, next not, week is going to be fun, Matt. Next week is going to be not, so like much said, fun. I'm not sure you're going to be here next week. Michaela just disappears. <laughs> and halves play games three and four on a back-to-back Monday and Tuesday. And then you're slotted to be here Wednesday. I'm just not sure I'm up to it. <laughs> one of two things is going to happen. Okay, one of us is going to be incredibly arrogant and gloaty. The other one is not. That's all the predictions I'll if make. If it's not me that's arrogant and gloaty, I've already told you, you won't be there. I'll be, f- there'll be a fellow Leaf fan sitting in your spot on Wednesday as we work our way through this emotional trauma together. Filling in for Michaela this week. I feel like you're going to be supp- Carlton the Bear. Will be. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, her husband, Joshua Jack, that, who has do that. Serious, yeah. zero radio experience. No, it's fine. It's fine. We're going to work our way through this emotional hell together and uh, just keep each other strong. Because I don't feel like you're going to be as supportive as you could be. Absolutely not. <laughs> I am going to be the opposite of supportive. You you want therapy? I am not it, sir. I will suddenly be watching. I push you to therapy. Yeah, well, there's that. Yeah, for sure. I will suddenly be switching to all Shohei Otani all the time as my yeah. only sports watching. Now. When, when the angels are getting you through whatever it is you're going through. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's bad, my friends. It's uh, bad. Emotional hell is a good name for this episode. All right. <laughs> Consider it done. It Yep. Uh, I think that's a pretty good place to wrap it up. You're in a good mental space. I'm in a good mental space. Everyone's good. Everyone's everyone's feeling good and confident. Uh, Can I get predictions for game one from you? Uh, Or do you not do that? It's okay if you don't want to do it. Leafs two one. Okay. It'll be it'll be tight. I do believe the Habs are good enough to keep it tight. I just don't think they're going to have enough finish to, you know get through the series and, and whatever. But I don't believe the Leafs are going to be blowing them out at any point, like 6-2 or anything like that. I think it stays tight. 2-1, 3-2, something like that. Maybe 3-1 with an empty netter. Oh, I'm so excited. We will see as uh, the Leafs and Habs get their series finally <laughs> kicked off on Thursday. Winnipeg and Edmonton finally do it. 9 o'clock tonight now that Calgary 
and Vancouver are almost as we record this. Uh, they're in the third period of one of these final useless games. Mm-hmm. Calgary's up six two. For those of you who care, hey, which is none of you, it's big. That's big. It's it's very important. <laughs> so very excited to get these Canadian series kicked off, and I'm sure a week from now the playoffs will be very different because that is the beauty of the first round. It yeah. all happens so fast. True. Uh, that is where we, we will wrap things up this week. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at TallCanAudio, Facebook.com slash TallCanAudio. You can find me on Twitter at Shrides, S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S. You can find my craft beer pictures, takes, whatever you want to call it, on Instagram at Craft in the Capital. And we will see you next time on Tall Can Audio. Damn you, Marinson. I am unhappy with the confusing and at times confrontational nature of that meeting. I wanted it to go better. I wanted it to go better!